So if you are asking yourself the question, what's wrong with me? Your brain is going to have a heyday answering that question. Because I, I know for me, my brain's like, well, let's start off with this. You did this wrong. You didn't do this. You're like, you're kind of a terrible mom. You're kind of late to things. There's a lot of things that that you're not very good at that you kind of think that you're good at. And like other people might think that you think that you're good at them, but they know that you're not. Whatever the mind drama is, if you're asking yourself over and over again, what's wrong with me? Why did I do this? What's happening? Why is this happening again? All of those questions are going to keep you in a perpetual state of fear and scarcity. This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 101, How to Create Self-Love for You. Welcome to the Get Your Energy Back podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. As a life coach, invisible illness warrior, and kidney transplant recipient, I've navigated the waters of chronic fatigue for nearly a decade and can help you feel more energized and alive than ever before. In this podcast, we dive deep into topics that can help you boost your energy levels and live a more vibrant life. Whether you're looking to overcome limiting beliefs, improve your relationships, gain a better understanding of what is affecting your energy levels, or simply find more joy and fulfillment in your life, the Get Your Energy Back podcast is the perfect place to start. So sit back, relax, and join me on this journey towards a more energized, balanced, and vibrant life. Welcome to today's show. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that a couple of my clients asked about, and I think it's quite timely because we're just wrapping up February. We just had Valentine's Day, and a lot of people have relationships and love on the mind. And the thing that two of my clients asked me was, how do I start changing my relationship with myself? How do I start to be more loving towards myself? How do I build self-love? And first of all, I love that they're asking these types of questions because this really is the key. Understanding that when you have a positive, loving relationship with yourself, it can only it can't help but overflow into the other relationships that you have in your life. I know it's a little cliche, but the analogy still holds true that you can't pour from an empty cup. So the more that you can pour into your relationship with yourself, the more you can give from the overflow without emptying yourself, without feeling like you don't have time for yourself. You don't have the self-worth. You have worthiness issues because you feel like you're just giving to everyone else and nobody is seeing you and there's nothing left for you. So how do you do this? So I found myself telling these two clients three of the same things, and I realized, okay, this is a podcast episode, and I want to share this with you too. So the very first thing to be aware of, if you are trying to improve your relationship with yourself, improve your self-talk, is you have got to be so aware of the kinds of questions that you're asking yourself unintentionally. Because your brain, its main job is to solve problems. We give ourselves problems to solve and our brain goes to work solving them. So if you are asking yourself the question, what's wrong with me? 
your brain is going to have a heyday answering that question. Because I, I know for me, my brain's like, well, let's start off with this. You did this wrong. You didn't do this. You're like, you're kind of a terrible mom. You're kind of late to things. There's a lot of things that that you're not very good at that you kind of think that you're good at. And like other people might think that you think that you're good at them, but they know that you're not. Whatever the mind drama is, if you're asking yourself over and over again, what's wrong with me? Why did I do this? What's happening? Why is this happening again? All of those questions are going to keep you in a perpetual state of fear and scarcity. So what kinds of questions should you be asking yourself? Well, first, like I said, you need to get aware of it. So maybe just take the next day or two. And if you feel yourself having that negative self-talk, stop for a moment and kind of become aware of what was I asking myself? Because I'm answering what my brain is trying to question. And if you're asking any questions about your worth and about why you don't have worth, which is very common, our brains are geared, they are wired to look for the negative to keep us safe, to keep us out of danger. It just gets overgeneralized to situations that it doesn't really matter, life and death, like if you're really good at doing laundry or answering emails or texts. Those things are no longer life or death, but our brains and our bodies physiologically will treat them as if it is a mortal threat or danger if you are, quote unquote, bad at doing laundry. (laughs) And then we equate our worth with how well we're able to keep up with the tasks in our home, uh, with our family schedules, with our bodies, all of that. So, okay. So just become aware of it. And I'm going to give you a couple of questions that I love to ask myself. One of them that I ask myself all the time, I have it written on a post-it note just over on the window over there, is what is the influence that I consciously want to create? Think about that. What if you were asking yourself high quality questions like that? What is the influence I consciously want to create in my current environment? Did you know that's within your power? You can consciously create an atmosphere by how you show up. And if you start to ask yourself questions like that, your brain's going to start to answer it. For me, the answer is always very easy. It's ease and abundance. That's the kind of conscious environment I want to create at all times, ease and abundance. It's fun. It's great. The, the ease and abundance, that's where flow lives. That's where... um the aligned energy lives. That's where you feel the best in your body. Okay. So another one that is a little bit out there, but if you kind of see where some of your negative thinking is coming up, sometimes I ask myself, who benefits from me believing that? Because even I get those thoughts in my mind about like, I look in the mirror, I'm like, whoa, I'm looking pretty fat today. (laughs) I have done all of the work with positive body image and I totally love my body. Consciously, I accept her, but unconsciously things will come up like that. Who benefits from me believing that? Um, Cosmetic companies, uh, clothing companies, uh, exercise, like gym memberships. Lots of people benefit from me believing negative things about my body. So when you start to ask questions like, hey, hold on, who benefits from that? Am I benefiting from believing that? No. 
So maybe I don't look exactly how I want to in the mirror that day, but I know that that is not coming from me. It's coming from social norms, social expectations. And if I'm not benefiting from it, it's not something that I need to keep holding on to. I can release it. Let it go with love. Thank you. You may have helped me in the past, but I don't need that right now. Third question. I'm a very spiritual person. I love going to divine, to divinity. And I will ask, I will often ask Heavenly Father, God, how do you view me as your daughter? What do you think of me? Because we have so many things, influences around us telling us what they think about us, that we're not enough and that we'll never be enough. So we need to go buy their product. Heavenly Father never has that answer for me. He always has the answer of, I see you as a daughter. You are beloved. And all of the other very personal things that Heavenly Father has revealed to me about how he sees me. So I would invite you, take a look at the kinds of questions that you're asking yourself. Are those questions allowing you to go into that level of self-love, of seeing how other people in your life that are precious to you, how they love you, how di- how divinity experiences you, okay? The second one goes, really, it dovetails into what we're talking about with these questions and then the thoughts that are created from the questions. This point is so key. We are spiritual beings. We are individuals that have souls that are having a human experience. And these, as spiritual beings, we are experiencing thoughts. We are not our thoughts. I think this was so huge for me when I realized I could watch myself have a whole spiral of negative thoughts about me. I remember we were living in Michigan. I was reading something and I don't even remember what happened. I know I was like standing in the bathroom and just like had this slew of just negative thoughts that were coming at me. And I had the wherewithal, the mindfulness, which this is really the second piece is actually mindfulness, just explained in a different way. I had the mindfulness to see that I was an individual having those thoughts and those thoughts were not me. And I could tell those thoughts that, that those they no longer held power over me. I had evolved into a new identity, a lot of that because of the questions I was asking myself that no longer believed that I was terrible, that I was a mess up, that I was dumb, that I was so stupid, that I shouldn't have made that decision. Those thoughts were just coming up and they were not me. So you are not your thoughts. If you have negative thoughts about yourself, that's not who you are at your core. Literally, your brain is offering thoughts that you have picked up from years of programming. Some of them might even be generational. There's just all of these things that we inherit, that that we just pick up, a lot of the thoughts that we believe over and over again, this programming that just happens over and over on repeat, are based on decisions that we made before we were seven years old. Something happened and we made it mean something negative about us before we were seven, and then we've just been playing out that programming. So question the questions you're asking, and then also look at the thoughts that you're having and decide that you 
are not beholden to those thoughts. You have power over those thoughts. And they they just, they aren't coming from you. They aren't coming from source. They aren't coming from divinity. They aren't coming from God. Okay. Third thing is to be intentional about your consumption. Now, this can be media. This can be books. This can be movies. This can be social media. But also, what kinds of things are you consuming in your conversations? What kind of people are you allowing yourself to be around? In the podcast last week, I talked about some things that you can do to help heal some of the fear responses that you might encounter. And one of those things was being around safe people, people that feel really good to be around, that you don't have to do a lot of work to make sure that you say the right thing or that you are being the kind of person that that they need you to be. When you are around those kind of people that are speaking life into your uh, light into your life, that is the kind of consumption that I'm talking about. Being around people that love you intentionally. So as you're around those kind of people, around those kind of conversations, also, are you gossiping? This is something that I struggled with a long time ago, thank heavens, and not very much now. Like, you know, some little things will come up here and there. But I remember I had a friend um, my freshman year of college, and she never gossiped, like not once. And this is not how I grew up with four girls in my house. We were always like, well, they did this and they did that. And like, can you believe this and this thing and this thing? And she was like, I just don't do that. And I had been taught that you know, we're not supposed to gossip, but seeing somebody that actually did it, I felt so safe around her and I still do. And if you're listening, April, I'm talking about you. Anyway, I feel so safe around her because I know that if she needs to tell me something, she's going to tell me. She's not going to go talk to somebody else about it. And it was such a beautiful example to me I could show up that way too. I could be super authentic and not have to hide how I was truly feeling about somebody. I could just be myself. And when you are able to tap into that authenticity, it shows up in how you think about yourself, how you start to love yourself. When you are around people that love you, it makes it very inviting for you to love yourself. When you are in abusive relationships, it's really hard to feel love for yourself because you are in a survival state trying to survive the abuse. So once you, if, if that is you right now, like I, I recommend you go get some help, go find some resources to escape that kind of abuse. Nobody deserves to be in an abusive situation. And there are therapists that can help you with that. But when you intentionally align yourself around people that are just wonderful to be around. And by the way, they are there. If you want that in your life, you can go to work creating it, okay? So be intentional about your consumption because the way that other people talk about themselves and talk about you will often become your own self-talk. This is a great example for us. For those of us that are parents, use the self-talk that you have, that you love about yourself Say that around your children so that that can become their internal dialogue too. When you do this work for yourself, it is generational. It will help the people around you in ways that you could not 
even imagine. Just think about it. If all of us decided that we were going to make it a habit to create a loving relationship with ourselves by paying attention to what kind of questions we're asking, understanding that some of the thoughts that we have about ourselves that are negative don't even have anything to do with us and that we can intentionally tap into the wonderful things that people are saying about us that the people that love us. And if there are not a lot of people around you that love you that are saying wonderful things about you, go get you some books because there are so many books. There's so many podcasts. Let me be somebody who can believe it for you that you are somebody that is absolutely worthy and deserving of love, the highest caliber from yourself and the people in your relationships. If you don't have that physically in your life right now, go to work creating it. And again, if you don't have the people, start drawing it in through the consumption, through the the books, the the podcasts, the movies, whatever you're watching, whatever you're consuming, make sure it's things that are helping you to see your true identity and your true value because your value is infinite. You are 100% lovable. Nothing that you could ever do could take away from that lovability. It just exists because you exist. I love telling my children, I've done this since they were little babies. I'd whisper in their ear. I'd say, do you know why I love you? Because you're my son. Or if it was one of my daughters, I'd say, because you're my daughter. Because I don't want them to have any prerequisites that divides me and them from the love because they are in relationship with me. And them simply being in the relationship with me allows them to have access, full access to my love for them. And the more fully I'm able to love myself to increase my self-love, the more love pours out of me for them and everybody in my life. All right. I hope you enjoy this podcast and let me know if you use this, these tips to help improve your relationship with yourself and to help create self-love for you. All right. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating more vitality, energy, and vibrancy in your life today.